There you go. There you go. Ah, sweet. That's a heck of a way to start a show. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan and the Odyssey app. I'm Chris Knocky. Linnell Willingham is with me as uh, riding shotgun here. We got a lot going on. I, I said last month when I was in a bunch that October was the busiest time of the of the sports calendar. Well, November just walked into the party and said, hold my beer. What a what an upgrade we got. We talk about giving up the World Series. And I, I got to tell you, I'm a huge baseball fan. Always have been. Always probably will be. But the days of investing four hours in a baseball playoff game with 12 pitching changes is just it's gone at this point in time. So what we did was we traded we traded the World Series for basketball. College basketball started last night in full. All sorts of games across the board and across the country. And the NBA's been going on for a couple of weeks. Not just that, but your hometown Washington Wizards all of a sudden just giving us something to talk about. This is a team that over the course of the past, I don't know, 15 years, seems to perennially, annually start 2-8 and eight first 10 games. All of a sudden now they're 7-3. and three. They're playing a Cleveland team on the road tonight that's 7-4. and four. Not too bad themselves. After 10 games, is it too early to talk about a separation game play, being played between these, these two teams? It's exciting, though, and it's nice, especially given the the doldrums that we are in as sports fans with uh, what's going on with the Washington football team. And we got a lot to talk about there, too. I, I don't know if anybody knows this, but it's it's Brady week. Tom Brady coming into town, you know, all recognized across the board as the GOAT. And I, I'm kind of curious as to what that's going to mean for the crowd on Sunday. It's supposed to be a nice enough day, winter, uh, early winter day, mid-50s, sunny. And... Um, I actually, for the first time in years, I was offered tickets yesterday, and for the first time in years, I actually considered taking them, just because dude's 44. I mean, you know, I don't know how many times you're going to be able to, to see him in action again. I think that people, you know, people run hot and cold on him. I get it. and um, But he is the GOAT. He's got all those rings, and it might be worth the trip, because uh might not see it again. We've also got not just WFT going on. You know, Jesse Doherty from the Washington Post gave us a little something to wring our hands about today for the next three years. He had, uh, on Twitter, he had, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it up in front of me, but he had talked, asked Scott Boris about what it would take to, to have his star client Juan Soto sign an extension. Um, this is on the heels of a uh, Barry's for Luga article. Uh, <laughs> Telling the Nats to go ahead and throw five hundred million at at Soto. I love spending other people's money. I, that's just the way I am. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Barry enjoys that too. Linnell, you good at that? Spending spending other people's money. It's one of my one of my favorite things to do, Chris. Right. Right. I'll tell you. Okay. So 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 the the response from Boris was I, I thought it was so Boris esque that that it, it was perfect. He said, you know, Juan is all about winning. He wants to make sure that the organization is, and again, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, he wants to make sure the organization is committed to bringing in players around Juan that will support that end goal. And so what this does is it says, well, yeah, we're interested. Sure, we're interested. We'll have this conversation. And it's a worthy one at that. But, yeah, we're just going to kick this can down down the road just a little bit. And clearly, the obvious part of this is the longer he waits, 
considering the, the, the arc that Soto's career is on, where he continues to go and continues to, to amaze at that young age, um, the longer this goes, the higher the price is going to be. And, um, and, and the fact of the matter is, even if the Nats front office were to spend a boatload of money, it doesn't guarantee a winner. I mean, the Angels have brought in Otani and Rendon and Pujols and never guaranteed a winner around Tim Trout. But um, they just want to see that effort made. And so my guess is is that this will be three years of Washington Nationals fans wringing their hands, and it ends with a heartbreak that we've gotten oh so used to, Linnell. It and happens like this every time. It's sad. Yeah, it was writing on the wall when I uh, read the Jesse Doherty post. I was like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, and and yet, you know, one of the things that always softened the blow a little bit, okay, when, when some of these other guys left, departed, one of the things that softened the blow just a little bit was there was always sort of an heir apparent. You know, Bryce leaves, and you still got some guys here, Tra- young Trey Turner, young Rendon, who when he was healthy was so, so good. Um, you know, you, you, and of course Juan Soto emerged, and so so Bryce leaves, and you're like, yeah, he was kind of a swinging Richard, anyways, and he was just not, you know, maybe he wasn't really rowing in the same direction as everybody else. So it allows you to sort of justify in your own mind, yeah, maybe not a bad idea. Then all of a sudden, you know, in the euphoria after a World Series championship, Rendon is let go. Well, we still have his buddy Trey. We still have Soto. The other thing is, they were seriously okay. They were they were they were punch drunk from that World Series championship. The hangover allowed them to just to say. Now nah, the other thing is they they didn't give Rendon the sort of offer. There's a lot of back end money. There was a lot to that. End up looking smarter on the end of that deal. Well, I mean, just because he got hurt. But, I mean, if he stays healthy, you know what numbers Rendon. Generally, he's going to produce the numbers on the back of his card. So, so, but but it allowed us to delude ourselves into thinking, yeah, we got these other guys. You know, this is a, this was such an incredible run, 2012 to 2019 for the Nationals, that, and ultimately when the history is written of that run, you're, I think people in retrospect are going to say, we didn't do enough with the talent we had. Not nearly enough. Nope. And, and so, so we, were, we sort of got into that pattern where we thought, yeah, there's always going to be another one coming along. Another guy coming along. Yeah, you know, it's not that Bryce Harper's grow on trees. Yeah, but we got this guy Rendon and Trey Turner. Wow, wow, wow. Well, now all those guys are gone. And who do you have around Juan Soto right now that you think is a franchise type player is Kyber Ruiz, you know, as your as your as your catcher is he maybe he's your catcher of the future, but I mean there I might haven't be seen enough yet. I yeah, mean, yeah, not at all. And there's there's not there wasn't a stretch of the season where I thought, holy bleep that that's a guy we got to have. We do, gotta, do you think this is different though? As far as I feel like in the past negotiations, the learners have kind of just messed it up. Do you think this is a situation where they're going to even get the chance to mess it up? Because I was. If they let him walk, it'll be the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, you think about for it. the fan base. So, so think about some of the mistakes that are made, and and not, some here, some away. You know, I, I was listening to, uh, uh, I think it was Pete Medhurst actually talking about this the other day, where where 
you know, like the, the Colorado Rockies, for instance, they didn't do anything to uh, to trade Trevor Story at the deadline this year. Story is a guy who's probably going to make $30 million a year on the open market as, as a shortstop. The the numbers for shortstop it just exploded after what Lindor got, right? So they opted, I guess they thought they could keep him. Now the only way they can keep him is to give him like 10 and $350 million. That's the only way you keep him. Otherwise, that guy's going to walk. So you get nothing for that guy. Do you go through this whole charade with Juan Soto and at the end of the day just lose him? I, I mean, I, I I mean, I have no idea. But they've done nothing that gives you any level of confidence as, uh, that, they, that they would be able to keep him or re-up him. And I don't know what that number is. And the other thing is they've got – They've got that that built-in excuse right now in their back pocket, which scares the crap out of me, and that is the fact that you know their their fortune, and I'm using air quotes, their fortune, their money is based in commercial real estate, and commercial real estate occupancy rates are way down. Wow. And so, uh, so now, and nobody would should allow them to ever plead poor mouth. I mean, these are the guys that built Tyson's and. Have you seen Half Street? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, walking exactly. around here, you see learner on everything. On everything. So, so these guys have 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 made a fortune, but their reluctance to spend it obviously is noted and well known. So, so there's so many things that enter into this, and this is all the time I'm going to spend on one soda today. Just the that when when Jesse put that tweet out, it's just one of those things that it's such a a Boris um, Matt. You know, it's just. It's what he does, and I, I'm not, I'm, I say that with all profound respect. Because if I were that guy, if I were one of those guys, I'd want Scott Boris representing me. I mean, that, he does what he's supposed to do for his clients, and we can MF him all the time, and we can say it's all because of Boris and yada yada yada. He's just doing his job, and that's uh, it's just the way it goes. So, at any rate, we're going to wring our hands about it. We know how the movie ends, um, but we do have. We have a boatload of things we want to make sure we get to on the other side of this. And we've got a, you know, we have a host of really big time, big time NFL games coming up this weekend. You got Russell Wilson and assuming Aaron Rodgers is eligible, is okay to play. Um, Packers a little bit lighter, 300K in fines, which is just complete BS because that means absolutely nothing to an NFL franchise. Um, and uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, 14K in terms of what he was fined. Again, just the guy who makes the kind of money he does. Don't imagine that amounts to a, to a great deal. But there are a lot of big-time games. Also have just a boatload of college basketball opportunities coming on, college football continuing to go on. What was your thought about the ranking of uh, the college football teams, Michigan, Michigan State, you know, being 5-6, even though Michigan State had won just lost. in Michigan? Yeah. Like- it yeah. doesn't make sense. I think and, and you're anti Cincinnati. I know that we need to take a take a break here in a sec. But I honestly, when I saw that Linnell, and I know this is a cynical way to look at it, I saw it and I thought they're doing that so people will talk about it. And so here I am. I just I just grabbed that hook and I ran with it <laughs> for sure. All right, the name of the show is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan Odyssey app. When we come back, we're going to break down a little bit of this uh, WFT game up ahead with uh, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay coming into town. Back in a second. Ready, Pro Bowler from the Bills and the Vikings. Third and five. Heineke in trouble again. He's able to escape. Keeps the play alive. Runs for the first down. Dives with the pylon. Is he in? Is he in? Oh, 
And this is the one time he took too long, but he keeps his eyes upfield, squirts around in there, and then he's got some speed that they didn't know he had. Runs away from everybody trying to hit that pylon. And does he hit the pylon with the football? Yes, he does. That's a touchdown. Wow. You remember how young and naive and in love we were back then, Linnell? You know, that was back when we just thought, we have everything in place. We got this plucky little quarterback. When we get our guy. You want to talk gonna... about a hell of a first day, right? Yeah. Unreal. It's overtime. Chris Naki, Linnell Will- Willingham with you here. We got we got so much going on. This is Brady Week. Of course, lots going on in the world of basketball, college, and pro. We talked about Soto, Juan Soto for a little bit here. But, you know, that back then, we were puffy. We were, This is a fr- fan base that was pretty sure that we were in the conversation and we were for a, for a nanosecond and team rode the momentum of all those wins against lame quarterbacks and played really well in that game. Uh, ultimately couldn't keep, keep the bucks from scoring when they, you know, when they wanted to score and therein lies the rub for this weekend. Uh, you know, this is a team Tampa Bay for all their issues defensively where they've been banged up. They've been hurt. They've had all sorts of issues in the backfield, defensive backfield. They have continued to score at will. Brady's numbers are absurd, 331 yards per game, which I think would be the second most that he's ever, if he, in terms of total, if he continues up with that average. That's an insane number for a guy who's played the number of years. Also 3.1 touchdowns per game. Um, he's still sneaking in and running in periodically. But, man, I mean, the arm's as good as it ever was. And – you know, it's, we're because we're at the midway point, Linnell, you get a lot of talk about, uh, uh, you know, midway MVPs, midway rookie of the year, midway coach of the year, stuff like that. And uh, the, it's sort of the flavor of the year. And I think that people by their very nature generally will, will go for the new guy just because you like new blood coming into that situation. So Kyler Murray gets a lot of the love. Mm-hmm. And he's had, a, he's had a great year. There's Deservedly no question about so. it. Mean, yeah, yeah, he's had a great year. But they've fallen off a bit. He's gotten injured. Uh, they lost a game. They shouldn't have lost. They shouldn't have lost that game to the Packers. I mean, they had every opportunity to win it. Um, so, and the, the Packers obviously are very good. The defense is playing better and better. So, um, you know, he, Lamar Jackson's one of those guys you have to love, you have to respect because it seems like he just keeps playing and playing and playing. And he could go through a quarter where you think he's got nothing going on. And then all of a sudden, they score on four straight drives, and you're you're down ten. He's just he's relentless. He's got the heart of a lion. I mean, it's impressive. But if not for those two guys, Brady would be in the in the MVP conversation, right? He's, he still is. Yeah, he's got to be. I mean, right? The numbers he's leading the NFL in passing touchdowns. They're six and two, right? And and coming off a loss, which by the way leads me to this: I would not want have wanted to be in the Brady house this week. Considering they're coming off a bye and a loss to the Saints. And a loss. That's why I said we drew the short end of the stick with the schedule. Because... Gotta be steaming, right? <laughs> and and, and Brady, that they need too. And Brady traditionally has not cared whether it's home or away. He is an equal opportunity destroyer. And uh <laughs> um and it could be a long afternoon. I mean, I, I don't know what and I I don't remember Linnell. I know we've had this conversation. You a gambler? Oh yeah. All right. I'm a fan guy. What's the what's the over under on this game? Any idea? 
I, mean, I don't I, know. I could check here. I got to believe. I'm assuming it's like 44 I, or something. Maybe. No, no, no. It's got to be more than that. Because you, so? you could pencil the, the Bucks in for 35 in this game, right? Easily. And and the, and Washington can score a little bit. I mean, they can certainly move the ball. Scoring has been an issue here these last several weeks. But uh, I got to believe that over-under is in the 50s. But, uh, I mean. 51 and a half 51. right now. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't bet. but I, And I wouldn't be inclined to bet this. But. Given, given the fact it's supposed to be a nice November day, 55 degrees and sunny, uh, and I think the Bucks come in here with a healthy lineup of receivers. You know, Mike Evans is yeah, okay. They'll be without Antonio Brown. He Godwin. didn't practice today. Yeah, and, and Gronk, I think, or is Or Godwin. Out. Godwin also didn't practice. That, so okay. be, they may be shorthanded coming up. Yeah, okay. And So I got Evans on a couple of my fantasy teams, so you're giving me it's good, good news. Good week. Here. Yeah, you give me good, good news. And Gronk, I think, tried to play a couple of, of – of, um, Downs against New Orleans, and and actually afterwards, I think the consensus was they shouldn't even have tried to play him a couple of yeah, times. Arians so, even came back and said that. It, in the it press may, maybe uh, maybe that he's a little long in the tooth right now, can only play half a season, which might be might be just good enough for them. But we got to take a break here. Want to talk specifically about this game? Other big games, also some other headlines in the NFL. Where OBJ ends up is probably anybody's guess right now, and uh, he's got a short list, I guess, that he's working with, but. And we'll see what, what, what comes of it. I'm Chris Knocky, Linnell Willingham with me. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan and, on, and the Odyssey app. Is there any thought you're not going to play on Sunday at all? No. Uh, I mean, I think there's a possibility, but uh, a small possibility. Was that because of you health-wise, body-wise, or preparation-wise? I just did believe that there's a, you know, a health hurdle that I have to, you know, as far as like uh, – movement and sweating and getting into it making sure that my body is uh you know especially heart is is uh you know is fine with the physical exertion aaron rogers i'm gonna say aaron rogers joins us but he didn't that's from the pat mcafee show regular on that pat mcafee show it's overtime here on 106.7 the fan and odyssey app chris knocky Linnell Willingham alongside as well. You know, I, there's the Aaron Rodgers horse has been beaten dead. And I, uh, while I'm reluctant to jump on board, I, I still am staggered by the sheer arrogance of the guy. And I don't, I, people will cringe when I say it, it's, I, it, they think that I make a race issue out of this. I will say it's, if it's not a race issue, it's a white privilege issue because. If this were uh, another quarterback named Dak or Lamar or Kyler, don't think for a second that he'd have hell to pay. And I, uh, I, I just, it's a shame because the singular talent of Aaron Rodgers is beyond belief, right? I mean, Linnell, I, I, I talked to you off the air about, you know, like Brady coming into town this weekend. Of all the athletes that are playing currently, not that if, given it up recently but of all the athletes that are playing currently who would you buy a ticket to go see and and there aren't that many guys you think brady could conceivably be one aaron Rodgers could be another he'd be definitely high on people's list i assume yeah right? yeah does and and you know i mean think about a guy like ovi mm-hmm. we take ovi for granted here i gotta tell you i was, I was at a caps game a couple of weeks ago we totally take like it's like we take living in the city for granted Completely for granted. Fine wine is Ovechkin. Yeah, unreal. And by the way, by the way, just I'm going to throw this out there. I sat in the wives section 
and his wife was like three seats down from me with her kids. She's, you know, if you're into Russian supermodels, <laughs> if you're into Russian supermodels, I got a flavor. She, she's me, pretty huh? hot. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard. So, yes. and and by the way, that section is a great section to sit. I, I can only imagine. Yeah, it, it did I not. Can only suck. imagine. Yeah, I, I think I watched like three minutes of hockey. <laughs> okay, but so there are really <laughs> there are. I mean, like in the NBA, for instance, like I, I, I went and saw Kobe before he retired, right? I saw saw Jordan multiple times. I there's nobody right now. I mean, I would be curious to go see the if they were all together. I would be curious to go see the Nets play just to see how they function together. Uh, that's not a, necessarily one guy would be going to see play. Although, you know, I mean, those are three very talented guys. Is there somebody that you uh, that you would pay that money for? And I'd say either Ota- sport. I'd say any sport. How about Otani? Oh, I, yeah. I, if I, if I knew Otani was pitching, okay, I would probably pay to go see that. Yeah. Uh, he came to Camden, uh, I think, one time this year. Really? Yeah. Did I, he I, pitch I remember in Camden? Grant. Yes. Oh, really? I remember Grant left early to go see that. That, oh. was, that was a thing. Yeah. Okay. So, but uh, how about you? Is there anybody that you would, uh, um, you know, we're also spoiled by? What? We're also spoiled by the fact that we have access to tickets yeah. being in this business. We have access to tickets whenever we want them. That w- that, and because of that, we ho-hum those opportunities right. to go do something like that. That's tough for me. I'd probably say I go basketball because I think you – I think it's a better experience. Of all the professional sports, seeing them live, I think bas- basketball, you probably get the best experience. I'd love to see Kevin Durant in person. Yeah. Just a big unicorn. Yeah. Walking around at seven feet tall, shooting three-pointers. I mean, it'd I might, be amazing. You know what, Steph Curry. Steph? Yeah. Doncic, maybe? Mm-hmm. Maybe? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, those, are, those are guys that I would, I'd be interested in go seeing. But, I mean, they're just few and far between right now. And, and also – Every single game is being shown in the luxury of your house. You know, you can buy a you can buy a league pass to any league in America and be able to tune in whenever you want to. So, um, so but it makes these opportunities, you know, to actually see these guys who compete at that level uh, special. But back to the Rogers thing, does it diminish at all? Like, I think he's a freaking clown for what for what he's done to his teammates. I think for the distraction, uh, for for a lot of reasons, I think it's just hard for me to be lukewarm on you know my like I said, I the the arrogance is is beyond me. But I don't know that that made me any less likely to go see him. No, I don't think it would change that. But can you you can blame Rogers to an extent? But who who's the who's wearing the pants in the situation? Roger Goodell in the National Football League. Well, they had every opportunity to discipline him all year long. Yeah. But this is in part, we talked about the way the Nationals do business. This is the way the NFL does business. There's a there's a straight line between how they handled the Reds the WFT situation and how they're handling this. Where yeah. where they think there won't be an uproar, there won't be a big deal. We'll just find them. We'll find them a, a lot of money. And that way, people will say, "Wow, that's a big hit, ten million dollars." Huh? It was a tweet earlier. I meant to send it to you before the show. So they said, "Would they, the average American, if they were to be fined, the percentage of Roger's salary would be thirty-three dollars for an American? The fine, pretty much for that's an average unreal. working class, middle class." Doesn't American. surprise me, but that's thirty-three dollars. That's, that's my point. This is 
this you're absolutely right. They're complicit in all of this. They knew everything that was going on all along, and they're they're floored by you know they're always reactive instead of proactive. You hit it perfectly, it, it, which is yes. which is why it costs them in the PR world, and that's why also uh, the the general consensus among among people who really care is that Goodell's a clown. You know, he's a caretaker. He's a stooge for the owners, and that's that's just you know. That's the perception, and and these things feed into that, and it becomes the rule as opposed to just the perception. But I, I totally I totally agree with you. Um, the Packers, by the way, play in a game, you know, and 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 ultimately too, the way the way this job works, the way the world works, is somebody's going to do something tomorrow and the day after that that'll have us completely take our eyes off the Aaron Rodgers ball. It just that's just the way it works, and the news cycle is such particularly with Twitter and social media, that these things are short-lived. So Sunday, all of a sudden, you get you get a Seahawks team that that has their their savior, Russell Wilson, back in the lineup, and they're playing in Green Bay. Boy, you talk about something almost the NFL has remarkable luck where where they get marquee games like this to completely take the eye. Uh, there's nothing to see over here. You, this is this is what you should be watching. This is Russell Wood. These are two seminal quarterbacks, two of the top probably five quarterbacks in the NFL. And these are guys that are happen to be playing against each other on the Sunday after all this crap blows up. So I mean the the whether it's by luck or by design, I mean it's just it's ridiculous what the NFL has fallen into. But you have that game going on. You have the Chiefs Raiders, which has always been a kind of a I mean, even when I was growing up, Linnell, and this was back in like the 20s, you know, but when I was growing up, Chiefs Raiders were always a big deal. Um, they were always a big, the Sunday afternoon late game, you know, and I, uh, on NBC. It was always a big show, big part of my uh, childhood. And that becomes a huge game for those teams. One team's five and three, one team's five and four, and that game's in Vegas. Uh, Browns Patriots, two teams that floored me last week. First of all, the Browns went in Cincy, after the OBJ debacle of the week, was a stunner. And they beat the crap out of Cincy. Makes no sense. The league just doesn't make sense. On a Sunday to Sunday, for a person who gambles pretty yeah. regularly, I've, I've struggled. Let's just say they didn't help me out last week. I noticed the car you drove up in, man. I got it. Okay. <laughs> the, the Patriots have won two in a row, both those games on the road. Patriots find themselves a couple-point favorite, I think, in that game. I think I remember seeing that. It's a very narrow uh, margin, uh, but that's uh, that's a big game. Also, Vikings-Chargers. The Vikings are the team this year, and there's one every year. The Vikings are the team this year that almost wins every game. Yeah. You almost see Kirk Cousins' numbers, game. what he's on pace for? Yeah, it's crazy. And I watch them against, and and you know what? Their, their defense, they've got some good pieces, their defense, but they can't stop critical drives. They can't get off the field when they need to get off the field. God knows we've seen that here uh, a bunch. And and they've got uh they've got their own issues. Um so they play the Chargers, Vikings Chargers. G- good game. And you know Justin Herbert so we're everybody's QB du jour right now. He's the flavor of the year. He and uh, certainly Kyler Murray. Other headlines in the NFL. Uh we mentioned OBJ's cleared waivers down to the Chiefs, Packers, Saints. I read where the Patriots and the Seahawks both inquired, but OBJ, if you believe him, OBJ is talking about, I want to go to a place where I'm pretty much guaranteed to be in the playoffs. I think, Linnell, he also needs to go to a place 
that's got an alpha as the quarterback. He needs Aaron Rodgers. He needs Russell Wilson. He 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 can't go. He can't go to to the Saints where we don't. You don't know who the quarterback exactly. is. It wouldn't make sense. You force your way out of Baker to go to Trevor Simeon. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Look. Get looked at as a joke. Yeah, and Patriots, I think to the, to to this the same to a degree, you know, uh, eh, different a little Mac, bit. Just yeah, the opportunity to work with Josh Alpha, McDaniels, and you've also got the Alpha Coach, yes, who will pretty much you know you would think would squash most of the issues that you that generally come from OBJ. Uh, Dalvin Cook also Dalvin Cook has some off the field problems, not limited to guys who play in Houston. His ex girlfriend says that. He abused her. Uh, he maintains that actually he was the one that was assaulted. There's a he said, she said going on there. And, uh, Those will never end well, huh? Yeah, they never end well for sure. But a uh, lot to get to. I want to talk specifically about the game coming up. It seems like, Linnell, does it seem like it's been a while since the WFT played a game? Doesn't it? We needed this little break. <laughs> I mean, they're two and six. And, and a lot of these games have been root canal level agony. Where you're talking about the Denver, Denver was just two teams that didn't really appear to give a crap about winning. I mean, it just it was so disappointing to watch that game. A very winnable. I mean, but you've sort of seen this movie before. And then they put together, particularly defensively, maybe their best effort of the season the week before against Green Bay, and it meant nothing. So, I mean, maybe it was good to live without that frustration for the week. You knew they couldn't lose. They had the bye. So, um, but... Hope Springs Eternal, game this Sunday. We'll break it down for you here in just a minute. This overtime on 106.7, the fan and Odyssey app. Coached by two Washington Bullet slash Wizard legacy guys, J.B. Bickerstaff, son of Bernie, longtime D.C. fixture here with the Bullets, assistant coach for for a number of guys. Also was a head coach here for a little bit. Of course, Wes Unsell Jr., who's – Done such a good job here in the early weeks of this season. Guys locking it up eight to four early on, first TV timeout in Houston, or excuse me, in Cleveland. And this segment will be brought to you by the Reynolds team. Thinking of selling your home? The Reynolds team COVID 19 seller relief will help you sell faster for the most money, and you pay zero commission because the buyer pays it all. Call the Reynolds team, 844 654 sold, or DebbieHasTheBuyers.com. The Reynolds team. All right, so we're talking a little bit about about this game coming up, and you know, I, I think I've been in here as these as things have gone downhill, Linnell, and I you know been in here periodically, and and I think the sort of the prevailing sentiment is particularly when you play these prolific quarterbacks, um, that you, you you try and keep them off the field. You know, you basically you ground control, you use Gibson, you use McKissick, you do whatever you can just to keep possession of the ball. And that hasn't, that hasn't worked. So how about we do this? How about we go forward on every fourth down? How about we try some trickeration periodically? How about we just basically pull out all the stops? Offensively, you know, you, you've got some guys. I don't know if Samuel's playing. Who knows who's healthy anymore with these guys in the wide receiver core. You've got McLaurin and you've got a bunch of guys, you know. So, so but – it, the the formula that we've talked about, sort of that conventional wisdom, just certainly hasn't worked. And that's not to say that you're going to – you could still win. I mean, what what is your number? If you say, would it take 35-plus to win this game? If you're if – you're, uh, for the WFT. My guess is they have – if they're going to win this game, they have to be north of 35 points. 
Yeah, but hopefully, maybe this is the week the front four comes alive and you can make it a struggle for them offensively. They're missing some weapons. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the 35-plus thing. Can we score 35-plus? We haven't done that all year. Uh, I think the last time they came close to it was in Atlanta, right? Yeah. They, 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 got, they broke 30. On the pretty carpet inside of the, the yeah. Superdome, on yeah. the Georgia Dome. Yeah. Well, it's not, you know, I mean. Mercedes-Benz, sorry. Yeah, Mercedes-Benz. I, I just, you know, you run out of rational ways that they might be able to control a game and win. And and what, you know, the, the, the definition of stupidity is doing the same thing time and time again and, and expecting a different result. And so we, we can't be guilty of that. You know, we have to, you know, strive to do better, I think. And, and not, you know, we're sort of as football fans, we're constructs of – we have sort of the, the traditional constructs in terms of the way you think. And, and maybe in this day and age, the way the NFL is run and the way it's officiated, the way plays are called and the game is, is going, maybe you just figure, what the hell, let's go out there and let it fly a little bit. Uh, that do something. Yeah. So I, I said this before the last time I was in here, and I think I had my man Vic in here running the board, and I I I was I think I was ahead of the curve on this. I I also have Taylor Heineke on a very short leash at this point in time. Should I mean, be. I, this I should already be pulled. In I, my I, I would have suggested that he would already have been pulled. He's a great story and a wonderful guy. He's just a backup, and um, that's not. I mean, he's an NFL level player, so I'm not I'm not saying he can't play. He's just not your your lead guy. And I don't know that Kyle Allen is your guy, but uh, you know at this point in time, probably deserving of the shot. Gave up assets to get Kyle. Yeah, Allen. yeah. There's, there's no reason they're not. He knows playing. your system. He knows what you're doing. I call yeah. it. I sum it up like this: organizational malpractice. Don't know what Ron Rivera and company are thinking. There's no way you week in week out watch Taylor Heineke limit this offense, and you don't give a guy. They love Kyle Allen. Remember mm-hmm. in the offseason, he was like, "Oh yeah." Uh, Alex Smith, uh, Kyle Allen could have did what Alex Smith did down the stretch. Well, this is your time to show it, buddy. I mean, what have we heard about Fitzpatrick? They gave an update today saying there's no timetable. Okay, shocker that the 40 year old is struggling to come back from a hip injury. So you're telling me? Uh, first of all, I don't believe for a second he's coming back at all at this point. In time. Why would he? He probably doesn't six, want to come back. Two and six. What's what is the rationale for? What would be the rationale? He's on a one year deal. He's going to get paid regardless. I, I, this doesn't bode well for future employment, I wouldn't think. No. But then again, uh, you know, maybe he's not in it for for maybe this was the swan song as it you know as it was. So I don't know. You know, I mean, I I love these guys. Uh, Grant and Danny were giving out the the Redskins award, or excuse me, WFT awards Whifties. for Whifties for uh, offensive player of the year of the first half, defensive, and also. Biggest disappointment, and long list, long list. But I, I would, of all the things that they, I, they gave it to Chase. Biggest, biggest disappointment. I, I would be more inclined to give it to guy, a guy like Samuel who hasn't even played. Yeah, you know, I, I guess I, if, if Jamin Davis was on that list too. Now, Jamin, I mean, I think you got to play Jamin and see what you got in him. You yeah. spent the that that draft pick on him. You got got to give him that shot, but if it's it to me, biggest disappointment is who you threw that money, money at the the picks the the guys that you picked up in the off season. Both I, would of throw, them. I would throw Fitzpatrick in there too. Yeah, you know, and it's certainly not. It's hard to put a lot of, of blame on the fact that they did, they didn't want to get hurt. I'm you know, we're confident in that, but it, it happened. You know, so 
so at any rate, there's so many disappointments, and um, um, you know it's sort of hard to catalog at this point. Looking around the league, coach of the year, you know, uh, much like Kyler Murray, I think Cliff Kingsbury was sort of the guy, sort of the flavor du jour, you know, the guy because it got us such a great start. And but one of the things that's not lost on me is that this is something they did last year. They got off to a great start last year. And went three and five down the stretch. Yes, they did. Really folded. And um, so until he does it again, um, you know who impresses impressed me to no end is is Vrabel. Uh, in four consecutive weeks, you know, they've beaten the Bills, the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Colts. Those are good wins. And uh, it's especially impressive given the fact this is the same team that lost to the Jets early in the season. You know, wow. so yeah, so 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 to rebound like that, another bet loss. You you gotta, yeah. I mean, you gotta keep your team together, and it's easy to have a when you have a crappy loss like that. It's hard to get over that. Hard to hard to keep your locker room together, and um, you know, and he does it. You know, he's got that presence about him. Anyways, I think some guys don't don't want to mess with him. He's not that far long away from uh, having played the game too. Um, rookie of the year, got to be Jamar Chase, right? With the hands numbers down. he's putting up, yeah, hands down. If I, you can give it to a lineman, though, yeah, I can't think of the kid's name. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, defense, the one? offensive, Rayshon Slater. Okay, from uh, the Chargers. Uh, I saw Brady. Uh, I I don't know who was saying this, but uh, some one of the talking heads was talking about the fact that don't give up on Mac Jones just yet, and maybe. They're saying that in large part because now the Patriots sort of turn things around a little bit. Not because of him. <laughs> not because of him. He's just a caretaker, you know, and he's just basically trying not to turn the ball over. Defense has been very, very good. Um, but Jamar Chase is special, and that that's what made the the debacle that they had this past weekend even more um, head-shaking, a head-scratcher for, for them to lose a – the Battle of Ohio in a critical game for both teams, and um, you know, not even competitive. Yeah, that was my thing. Like, so given the fact that we're talking about two teams in that division, well, I got to touch on this on this Steeler game the other night, the Bears and the way that ended, and the and the fraudulent, completely fraudulent deal with the referee Tony Corrente, I think is who it was. And the flag he threw on a Chicago linebacker after a sack that would have basically uh, ended, ended the game. And to me, this speaks to get, again to the issues that the league has. There's so little transparency with this. And not only that, you know, when you when you see a call like that, which is so egregious and so awful, that's when guys on Twitter, that's when guys on the internet start to post. Well, you should have seen what he did last week. And the week before that, and you look at some of these things, and there's a pattern of ineptitude. This, this is, it's unacceptable given the stakes that are involved in these games, and also given how much people wager on these games. You know, to have a game really dictated by a call, particularly a phantom call at that. And, um, but to me, it speaks to again this the, the, and I know they've got a lot of issues on their plate. The NFL does. But this cuts to the core, you know, the integrity of the officiating cuts game. right to the core, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so, uh, and so, I, I have absolutely zero dog in that fight. I, I, I'm watching that game. I don't care if Pittsburgh wins. I, I'm, I'm 
hugely respectful of the fact that at the end of the day and every season, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the conversation. I'm totally impressed by that. And Tomlin gets doesn't get nearly the respect he deserves from a lot. I have a lot of Pittsburgh friends and who are fans. They can't stand him. I don't know how or why, because all he ever does is win and keep them viable in fact in spite of the fact that he's got a quarterback that's so limited right now. Pittsburghers and, can never have nice things. In Big Ben, right? Right. So, but I'm watching that game. I have no dog in the fight. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I like what Chicago's doing with the QB. They're letting them air it out a little bit. But the fact of the matter is to have a call end or effectively be decided on on something as egregious as that call. Uh, and it looked like the, the, the official actually provoked some of the contact that he maintains was not a part of why he threw the flag, although he threw the flag directly after the contact. Garbage. He leaned into him, and did you see the follow-through he yeah. did afterwards? Yeah. thought he was Fats Russell. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't don't sleep on my guy fast. That's my guy. Yeah. That's my guy, too. We're going to get to college basketball. In fact, we got a break coming up. I want to spend a couple of segments talking about it. You know, the college hoop season started last night, and it's not too soon to overreact. <laughs> Never. Let's do it. That's what we do. It was uh, a night that for some conferences, some teams, was a night to forget. You know, with the University of Pittsburgh, the once proud uh, you know, beasts of the Big East. Now, of course, they're in the ACC. Those guys paid the Citadel, God knows what, probably ninety grand to come up there, and all the Citadel did was beat them by fourteen or sixteen or something like that. The Citadel beat Pittsburgh. You know, we talk. Or Navy wins at UVA. That is a remarkable win for the Fighting Medhurst. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. Pete Medhurst. Yeah, I love it, love it. Good for them. Navy coming off a great year last year. They got no love for the year that they had. Their head coach, Eddie DeCellis, in deep trouble with the administration there for whatever reason. And that is a show-me win. That is a that is a great win for him and for that uh, that, that operation. Love to see that. Uh, Georgia Tech loses a guaranteed yeah, game in Miami of Ohio. I mean, it's just nuts. Nebraska, who a, te- a team who a lot of people think is on the, on the rise in the Big Ten. They've got a lot of good young talent. Nebraska uh, going down at home to Western Illinois, and not one of those things that you would have expected. But we're going to get to some of those overreactions also because it's the first night of college basketball season last night. You know Duke would have the 9 o'clock game on ESPN. And by the way, Linnell, I don't know if you heard this. I don't know if you heard this. It's Coach K's last year. No. Yeah. You don't say. I mean, if you haven't watched ESPN, I mean, it's on hourly. This is going to be the worst (laughs) Freaking three months of my life. He deserves it, though. Let him ride out in style, I guess, oh, right? Come on, man. I, I'd love to have had him just walk up to the microphone and say, you know what, I've done a lot. John Shire's a good man, good coach. And John, I trust. I'm going to help him the best any way I can. This is his time now, not mine. Riding out smooth. Can't do that. Can't do the Roy Williams. He can't do it because Roy did it. Roy beat him. Is your point? Yeah, I don't know, man. It just drives me nuts. All right. College basketball when we come back. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey app.